This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. Seismologists at Taiwan Central Weather Bureau say they expect aftershocks over the next two days, following Monday's magnitude 6 earthquake off the coast of Hualien County. The quake struck at around 6 p.m. with shaking in Taipei, lasting for close to a minute and rattling nerves at rush hour. Jaime Ocon reports. Taiwan started the new year with its first big tremor. People in Taipei had to take cover on Monday as they were about to leave work. There were no reports of injuries and only minor damage, but several people were trapped in elevators. The Central Weather Bureau says that the epicenter was off the eastern coast of Taiwan, but that the earthquake could be felt across the main island. Taiwan Power, the country's state-owned electric company, said over 1,800 homes temporarily lost power after the quake. Even Taipei's metro stopped its service briefly to inspect its tracks, resuming shortly after, but at a slower speed. Government alerts are usually sent out seconds before a quake and in times of natural disasters, but not this time. Taiwan sits between two tectonic plates and ordinarily experiences one or two magnitude six or above quakes every year, but last year, it saw five. Academics say the island nation is also struck by a magnitude eight or above quake every hundred years. The last one in 1920 didn't cause much damage because of where it struck. But since then, Taiwan has strengthened building foundations and improved early warning systems, all part of an effort to prevent a major disaster when the next earthquake strikes. Kamashu and Jaime Okan for Taiwan Plus. Taiwan has reported four new domestic cases of COVID-19, a taxi driver and three cleaners at Taiwan Taoyuan International Airport. On Tuesday, soldiers carried out disinfection work in the parking lot where all four worked. It's the first case involving a driver of a quarantine taxi in Taiwan. Around 700 airport taxi drivers are now being tested. One of the cleaners, a woman in her 40s, is infected with the Omicron variant, while the results of the other three are not yet confirmed. The woman's family members have so far tested negative. Two schools in Taoyuan attended by close contacts were closed for one day for disinfection work. Taoyuan is strengthening anti-COVID measures until January 17th and requiring people to wear masks at all times outside. Taiwan also reported 30 imported cases on Tuesday. A former legislator has accused Taiwan's former ambassador to Nicaragua of treason for staying in the country and becoming a citizen after the breaking of diplomatic ties. Jaime Wu resigned his post as ambassador to Nicaragua in November. He was granted citizenship in December, one day after the country severed relations with, with Taiwan. The foreign ministry says Wu wanted to stay in Nicaragua because his wife's health problems prevented him from returning to Taiwan. Taiwan. But former DPP legislator Lin Cho Shui slammed Wu for resigning before the severing of ties and for failing to return. Strobe lights and projectors aren't the first thing that comes to mind when you think of puppet theatre. But one group in Taiwan is hoping they can breathe new life into the traditional art with modern technology. Philip Brassard has this story on how a traditional art is getting a new look for 2022. 
with its neon flashing lights and cool sound effects, it would be easy to mistake this scene for a modern concert. And that's just what the Shinoji Puppet Show was hoping for. The theater group uses modern technology, like projection mapping, to update Taiwan's traditional puppet theater for a contemporary audience. Puppet theater is an important part of Taiwan's culture, with a history that goes back to the 17th century. The hope is that with a modern approach, the traditional art form can continue long into the future. The Taiwanese public will get their first glimpse of the Shinoji Puppet Show over the New Year holidays, and the group hopes to eventually bring their performance to a global audience. Kama Xu and Philip Rossard for Taiwan Plus. Every year, indigenous children across Taiwan come together for a baseball tournament called the Care Cup. Not only do the children get to meet their heroes in the sport, like Lin Zhisheng, but they also get to see another possibility for their future. Taiwan Plus reporter Bing Wang went to Hualien to give us a look inside at how interest in baseball is being cultivated within indigenous Taiwanese communities. Lin Zhisheng, affectionately named the big brother of Taiwanese baseball, has already accomplished more than any other Taiwanese person in the sport. But at 39 years old, he knows he's at the tail end of his playing days. And while he seems ready to hang up his glove and bat, it doesn't mean his work is done. He's just been re-elected chair of the Taiwanese Indigenous Baseball Development Association for a second term, and he oversees the annual Care Cup, the tournament that brings together young Indigenous players from all over the country. Lin is part of the Amis group, one of 16 Indigenous peoples in Taiwan, comprising of less than 3% of Taiwan's population. Huadong is a mountainous area in eastern Taiwan that includes Hualien and Taidong, where most indigenous communities live. And many children in the area share his story. This year, 47 teams and over a thousand young players came to Hualien to participate in the Care Cup. It's even brought back some professional players who got their start in the tournament. It's sort of a homecoming for a lot of Taiwanese indigenous baseball players. Many of them left Taiwan to play in professional leagues worldwide. Many of them played in the Care Cup when they were younger, and now they are back in the community where the love for baseball was first ignited. And for the children, meeting their idols, asking them questions, and picking up a few tips is a perfect way to cap off an already exciting weekend. Taiwan's indigenous community has felt subjugated and been dispossessed by years of colonial rule, and a care cup is an opportunity for them to celebrate the culture. Lin understands the privileged position he is in. Resources to play baseball don't come easily for indigenous communities. 
That's why he's created scholarships, not just to provide more baseball opportunities, but to also make the young players more well-rounded people. That's what the Care Cup is all about, giving young indigenous players a chance to achieve great things both on and off the field. Alex Chen, Patrick Chen, and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus. A leading Hong Kong activist has been convicted of inciting an unauthorized assembly last year on the anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre. Chow Hang Tong is a barrister and vice chairwoman of the Hong Kong Alliance in Support of Patriotic Democratic Movements of China. She was found guilty of inciting others to join the annual candlelight vigil banned by police due to social distancing measures. Chow is currently serving a year-long prison sentence handed down last month for inciting a similar vigil in 2020. It's, it's, it's actually a to learn more about this case and Hong Kong's shrinking space for opposition, reporter Ryan Hoko-Patrick spoke to legal scholar Patrick Poon at Japan's Meiji University. He began by asking him why authorities are piling so many consecutive sentences on activists. I think the government want to, uh, you know, uh, to use whatever charges as much as possible to exhaust all the legal means, uh, all the charges to charge um, Chow Han Tong and also uh, Jimmy Lai and others to make sure that they will be sentenced to a longer sentence and then to silence them to a longer period. And that is very much similar to what they do to mainland uh, Chinese activists. Uh, all those kinds of strange charges, um, as we say for the mainland cases, will be pocket crimes. Uh, you know, all these crimes actually in Hong Kong becomes new forms of pocket crimes that they can pick any crimes, uh, similar crimes, so-called inciting whatever, to detain, to charge these people in order uh, to make sure that they will be prison. On New Year's Eve, Zhao Hangtong had her 12th application for bail denied. Uh, this is a very consistent trend that we're seeing with uh, national security law defendants, some of which have spent over a year behind bars before even going to trial. Why is it that they are denying bail and keeping these people behind bars before trial for so long. Because these people are so influential internationally now because they're actually very famous uh, because of the cases. And in order to put them like still to be silenced and in order to make them still be in, in custody, instead of any way of doing uh, interviews or whatever, any chance of getting um, international attention while they are outside of uh, custody. The government's intention is really to keep them in, in custody as much as they can uh, before the trial. There's a similar uh, tactics uh, being applied in mainland China's courts um, and very often we see pretty long pre-trial detention for dissidents in mainland China and uh, purpose is very clear. The government just want people to forget them Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.